We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the holiday capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. Ho, ho, ho. It is the holiday season, but that changes nothing. We are here. Empower, encourage, inform, and inspire. Those remain the tenets of the Run ATL Podcast. Certainly appreciate you joining us. Of course, I have a friend that does so as well. He's your friend too. He is Dolomite Dave Martinez. D2, happiest of holidays to you, my friend. Thank you, and happy holidays to you. We were kind of took a little bit of a break, and uh, you know, for the holidays for Thanksgiving. So I hope you had a good one. That is true. We have not done this since Thanksgiving. I did. You were gone soaking up the sun in sunny Florida. Yeah. I mean, it was actually kind of pleasant at first because, you know, got up early in the morning and went out for a run. It was kind of like mid 60s and and not quite as humid. So it was comfortable. But by the end of it, it was, you know, running close to 70 degrees and, you know, a lot more humidity and uh, and then came back here and it's, you know, 29. And, you know, so it felt awesome to to run in both extremes of of weather. But yeah, I, I, I was looking at the temperature at 29 degrees. I'm like, this is much different than I was running just a few days ago, but I, I, you know, layered up and went out and enjoyed a run. You've got great range, my friend. One of the highlights for sure for me, before we dive into a terrific episode and a wonderful featured conversation that we're going to have, I have to indicate in between Thanksgiving and when we'll air this particular episode, had a chance You go back to episode 93, Chantel Purcell a friend of ours, someone we got to know through correspondence she sent to us. Of course, you'll want to listen to the entire episode to learn more about her brave story as she continues to battle breast cancer. But we made some comments, D2, on the air about how just privileged we were to be part of her story when we were off the microphone. She told us that at some point she hoped to get into doing some trail running or more hiking that right now, of course, it's more neighborhoods and that she is starting slowly. We said, man, when you get to that point, let us know. I had the good fortune. She and I have stayed connected, fitting her for a pair of trail shoes. Recently met her in person. Finally, obviously masks on, masks up, but it was a sweet occasion for me. She is such a ray of light for those of you who have not yet listen to episode 93, please do so. That was pretty cool. But it is the holiday season. Cool things are all around. There's something we're doing. Peachy Bucks, that too, very cool. Yeah, and right now through the end of the year, if uh, you know when you spend two hundred dollars or more, then you'll get and you'll earn Peachy Bucks. So two hundred dollars gets you twenty five bucks, and then for every you know uh, you know increment from there, you keep adding and accumulating more Peachy Bucks. So those can be redeemed on a future purchase and are uh, valid through next year through uh, June thirtieth of twenty twenty one. So it's a great way of kind of earning some extra cash to use in our stores down the road in the future. And that's you know right now we also have. Some new items that have just arrived, um, you know, as part of our, you know, 
run ATL collection, we do have some new winter hats and running hats. Um, so some beanies and some run caps um, from our friends with Boco that we've done. And those have always been done very, very well. And something new that we've got this year, which is very, very cool, is we've got, you know, backpacks, run ATL backpacks. So these are great for, you know, if you're um, either going to a gym to work out or you just need a place to, you know, have a change of dry clothes after your run or store your shoes. These are perfect. Um, they've got a couple of pockets there so you can put, you know, water bottles in. So this is, you know, I saw them and I was like, this is, these are pretty cool. These are really nice. And, um, you know, Boca does a great job with them and uh, they make a perfect holiday gift. So if there's something I was like, oh, I'm going to you know, give someone a backpack, you know, pick up a hat, pick up some shoes or something, put them in the bag and you've got a whole gift bag ready to go. That's awesome. It is the holiday season. Special treats like that belong in your stocking or those who you love. Also, cool, you mentioned that term, D2, describing that merchandise. Cool, everybody defines it differently. We can all agree to Leah Brooks. She is cool, unquestionably cool. She is going to be our featured conversation. It is time to start thinking about 2021 for sure as we launch towards the end of this year start thinking about resuming track and field season indoor and outdoor think about the u.s olympic track and field trials and even the summer olympic games scheduled for tokyo japan talia's name certainly comes up for those of you who are not familiar with her she is an ncaa champion in the pentathlon she is a two-time ncaa indoor runner-up in that same discipline she is also been an NCAA outdoor bronze medalist in the long jump, as well as the heptathlon, the event that she is training most diligently for now. For all of us who are parents and for those of you who are student athletes, she is an eight-time All-American. She, for those of you who are big on the Southeastern Conference, will appreciate that in 2017, she was the SEC Outdoor Champion in Heptathlon, not to be outdone the following year, 2018. She was the SEC Indoor Champion in the Pentathlon, and she has so many more accomplishments than that. She is now a professional athlete. She runs for one of our business partners, specifically for ASICS, who introduced us to her. Such a ray of sunshine and D2. Like I said, she is super cool. This is going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, I mean, she was you know a delight, and you know, hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to follow her. Uh, you know, uh, as you know, for 2021, as she kind of heads to the Olympics. We will do that. For those of you who are going to hold us accountable, we also talk to Talia about the racial injustice, inequity, the entire conversation, pure gold. We're going to send it to you uninterrupted, unedited, right after this brief message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. Really, really cool. D2, I will tell you, we seemingly only get stronger as we come down the home stretch of 2020. Look at 2020. 21 because we now have Talia Brooks with us. What an awesome conversation we're going to have. First, Talia, welcome to the Run ATL podcast and thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk with you all today. Well, you are someone who seemingly lacks no excitement in general in your life and certainly in conversations that you have just following you and doing additional research more recently on you. You seem to be a pretty excitable personality, but maybe this predictable question still needs to be asked. And even with an excited and excitable personality, somebody who seemingly has all kinds of energy, it doesn't change the fact that just like for the rest of us, for all of our listeners, it's been a strange year. And for me, I find it fascinating and, and really helpful, actually, when I speak to others, all kinds of others, not just elite athletes like you, but how they are handling this and kind of what they're thinking about now as we come through this strange 2020. So how are you doing and kind of what's going on with you in this in this strange season? I'm actually doing really well right now. I definitely had my ups and downs throughout this year, especially during the quarantine period, because we were training. We didn't take any time off. I think we had like two days where we were kind of in a frenzy and we didn't really know what was going on. But after those two days, we got back to training um, and it was unconventional. It was in grass and lake trails and whatnot. But Training and not knowing what we were training for, that was really hard. And after about eight weeks, two and a half months of doing that, I kind of hit a wall and I was like, okay, what are we doing? It was getting really hard for me to continue to go to practice. I did continue to go to practice, but I did hit a wall. I think that everyone else hit at some point during quarantine, whether it was with sports or with work or working from home. Um, so I definitely hit that wall and there were days where I just didn't understand why I was still doing what I was doing because I just didn't know what I was doing for. But at the end, I kind of just remembered my goal. I knew the goal was to make the Olympic team, even though the games had been postponed until 2021. And I knew that I had already been out for about two years. Um, so training for me during this time was going to be super imperative. And so I just remembered that in the back of my head. And I knew that everything I was doing was just going to get me more prepared for the next year. So once I was able to find out that I was going to be able to go overseas and get some races in, that really put a spark back into me. So I was really happy to be able to go over there and travel and compete and it was even better to end the year with a PR because again, I hadn't ran a full track season in almost two years. So it was really good. And right now I'm doing really well. I'm healthy. I haven't had an entire year of good health in a very long time. So it's good. We're back to the grind. We're in the dirty work of off season um, or not off season, fall training. Fall training mm -hmm. is tough. I think that's the hardest part of track and field. Um, is the fall training, but we have about six weeks left of that. And after basically fall training for six months during quarantine, six weeks doesn't sound that long. So I'm excited and I'm really happy and about my training and excited to see what next year holds. Well, I love the fact that you came back around and talked a little bit about that recognition of what the end goal was or what the long view was, because I think for all of us this year has not only been some ups and downs, but there are plenty I'm sure who are still trying to find what the other side looks like. And you gave us such an awesome 
reminder that if we can be mindful of what our ultimate purpose is or what that long view might be, or to your term, Talia, what the goal is, it allows us to climb out of those tough seasons or situations, or in your case, what you would refer to as kind of hitting that wall. So now as you're gonna peer into 2021, I cannot not let this be the next question because you set me up so perfectly. <laughs> and you talked about fall training and this is when it does get difficult. You're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Certainly we have plenty of listeners who would say, man, are there any other cool college towns besides Athens, Georgia? And for those of you who have not been there, I will tell you, yes, the answer in the SEC is most certainly inclusive of college towns that are cool being Fayetteville, Arkansas, but you get cooler temperatures there. You get mornings that stay relatively dark for too long. You obviously have shorter days. And so I would imagine all of those things impact your ability to get to the track and make good use of those facilities at the university. So what does your training look like here in these long, dark days of winter specifically? Well, this year has also been different for those of us training at Arkansas because normally we're spoiled. So Fayetteville, well, first of all, it's voted as the best place to live in the SEC. So that's number one. Great place to live. Wow. How also, about that? We lost that in there. I was not aware of that. Take that, Bulldog fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but also, we're super spoiled here. So I graduated from the University of Arkansas. But we also, in our pro group, have people that, you know, went to other universities. And, but we, we're spoiled. So we have an indoor track. There's multiple weight rooms. Like, we have all of that. But this year, the indoor track is being renovated. So mm. this entire time, we have not been able to get on the track, the indoor track. And it's been super cold, like you said, like dark mornings. Sun goes down around 5, 5.30. And so mornings have been cold for us. And I think my coach, Coach Johnson, he says that um, we're building our character right now because usually if it's raining or if it's cold, we can just go inside and not have to miss a beat of anything. So we're having to be creative when, you know, we have practice. I think practice on Monday, it was 35 degrees outside and we're not used to running in that kind of weather. And so we've been working through that, but Right now, training has been good. I spend three days a week with my main coach. His name is Coach Johnson, and we work on hurdles. We run. Um, he handles my long jump. And then the other two to three days a week, I work with my other coach. His name is Mario Satania, and we work on my throws, my high jump. So my training is kind of, it's very structured, but there's a lot going on. I'm doing a lot of different things every day of the week. And then on top of that, I have weights four times a week. So training has been good. Um, and then, like you said, just remembering the goals. I think even when I see the weather and I see that it's 35 degrees outside and I have to go outside and practice in that, I just remember it's all for a reason. And eventually the indoor track will be finished and we'll be able to go back inside. But for now, we just have to grind it out. Um, and also remembering that whatever my goal is, I can't accomplish that just staying at home or making the excuse of, oh, it's 35 degrees. So I'm just going to halfway go through practice today. 
Um, so I've been very diligent about not doing that and it's been going well. Well, and that's awesome. And part of why I said it was so timely is, and as you know, and you remember this from your days in Texas and as a prep student and student athlete, that oftentimes it's really that non-season that can make the right. difference for the athletes who are going to arrive at those official practices and when the season has officially commenced that have shown the greatest strides since the previous season or perhaps are either the biggest surprises or where the most potential right. tends to reside. For all of those student athletes in and around the great state of Georgia and perhaps in the Southeast, whether in high school or collegiately, this is that time. When this episode airs, it will undoubtedly be what is formally considered the off season. But I right. know you know, this is also when some really big gains can be had. Any guidance or advice for those student athletes who are in that off season, but shouldn't maybe treat it as such, but instead could use this time really purposefully? Yeah, so I would say to understand that everything has a process. So we all know that indoor track normally starts around January and you can't expect to go to the track meet and do well and you haven't put the work in in the fall. So even if there are no official practices, practicing on your own or getting with a group of friends that also run, um, will do you a lot better than just sitting at home and saying, well, you know, our high school isn't practicing right now or our club team's not practicing right now, so just gonna stay home. Um, so taking those months and months off isn't gonna do you any good. So you can also use this time, you know, to get with your friends and obviously socially distance, but work out, but also use this time to work on your weaknesses because mm. if you're, obviously you wanna work on the things that you're great at, but you're going to be that much better if you can work on the things that you're not as good at. So an example for myself, I have, well, I've had seven knee surgeries on my left knee. And for myself, that's a weakness. Like there's things that I can't do or haven't been able to do in the past. And for another example, squatting. I haven't squatted in the weight room in probably five years. Um, I still did very well without squatting, but during this quarantine time, I really worked on that and I worked on trying to build the muscles around my knee so that I could do that movement without any pain. And now I do a box squat in the weight room every week and I'm much stronger than I was before I had all of those knee surgeries. And I've seen that translate, that power translate over to the track and in my field workouts. So I would say to use this time to work on those weaknesses, both physically and mentally, because the mental aspect in this sport is arguably more important than the physical. Like you can be 100% prepared for the track meet, but if you can't get past that little thing in your head that's giving you doubt or saying, you know, we can't do this, or so and so's in the race and they're faster than me, so I should just. You know, I should just go to the back. If you can't get past that, then you're never going to reach your full potential. So working both mentally and physically on your weaknesses could do you a lot of good in this time. 
Wow, that is awesome. I'm gonna let's let's camp out here for a second. First of all, I've never had the chance to say this to a professional athlete, so I'm not gonna miss my opportunity. But congratulations on your first box squat in a long time. Well done. Thank that you. That is a big accomplishment. That is really cool to hear. But where I want to camp out for a second, Talia, is you know you mentioned that mental consideration. And one of the things that we believe, of course, is many of our featured conversations, regardless of what level they've achieved athletically has guidance, perhaps even routine, that could bear fruit in other disciplines, in other aspects of our own lives. We may never know what it's like to go to the U.S. Olympic track and field trials. We will not know what it's like to spend a season in Europe racing on the track or being part of that particular culture. But what we can appreciate is something like what you said where there's a physical aspect and a mental aspect and both need to be right in order to be at your best or perform optimally. What we can appreciate is the fact that there are things like the track being closed indoors for renovations and now we have to adjust what we've always known but do it just as well or perhaps even better because this is the hand we've been dealt and we're going to play it because it is required if we're going to get to that long-term goal. Are there any other routines or bits of wisdom that you might share that do have application, maybe have even proven to be applicable in parts of your life off the track and off that existence as a professional athlete? Um, I would say, let's see. I, one, let's, of the things, I would, one, of the, one of the things, just to maybe tee you up, one of the things that, that you mentioned you know, before we fired up the mic is the fact that you're feeling healthy. That's not always been the case. You've had to come back. Heck, you just mentioned five knee surgeries. Tell us about what kind of discipline or effort or mindset is required to be part of a successful comeback. Yeah, so you definitely, that mindset definitely has to be different because you can easily doubt yourself. When you haven't done something well in a long time, and like you said, that could be anything. That could be related to sport. It could be related to an office job. When you know that you're good at something, but you haven't done it well in a very long time, it's very easy to just say, you know, maybe I should try something else. I might not have it in me anymore. Um, so being able to work past that, and again, going back to the remembering the goals. Like if there's something that you wanna do in life, again, whether it's sports related or not, if you 100% believe that you can do that, then no one else can really tell you any different. It does help, obviously, to have people around you that are encouraging you that also believe, you know, in your dream. But when you have a dream and you 100% believe in it, you'll do anything to to achieve it. And you know, some people might call that crazy, but you'll do whatever it takes. So for myself in this comeback time, if that's what we're calling it, I've having I've been having to be super diligent about everything that I do because everything that I do affects you know my performance on the track so small examples like right now I've been really working on my nutrition um, so that I can see those gains on the track and within my body because obviously my body is what is allowing me to run fast or 
to jump far. So I've been having to make sure that I'm properly fueling my body to pre be prepared for those sessions, but then also that I'm properly fueling so that I can recover afterwards to be ready for the next day. Um, and then I mentioned the weight room and I've also been working for myself on focusing more. So a problem that I tend to have is that my effort level is always there in anything I do. Um, effort level is 100% there, but sometimes I don't pay attention to the small details. And one of the differences in being good versus being great or being an Olympian or not being an Olympian or heck, even being a CEO and not being a CEO is paying, a paying attention to those very small details that other people are overlooking. So that could be one centimeter in the long jump or a tenth of a second in the 800 or one line, like a killer line in your resume. A small detail that you just didn't pay attention to before and really paying attention to those. I think that's helped me a lot this year. Man, just soak in that for a while. And, and I believe your phrase was when you have a dream, you'll do anything. And I think that checks both ways. Is it really your dream? Are you willing to do anything? And if you are, then it must be your dream. Keep going, even in these difficult seasons. And with that, you know, I know for you, looking at 2021, it appears that the way this year has kind of come together, including the postponement of the Olympic Games, may have been both a challenge and a little bit of a benefit by providing that additional time, giving you that confidence through the PR that you had at the end of the season, making sure that you had this additional time to ready yourself. Is there anything speci specifically to the preparation for the trials and the Olympics perhaps in 2021 that is kind of top of mind for you as we turn the calendar page? Yes, so for myself, I have not, so in college I competed in the heptathlon as my main event. And then the first year post-collegiately, um, the few meets that I did get to do before I was hurt, I kind of let the heptathlon go. So I have not done a hep in over two years. So I think for me, it's going to be super imperative starting with the indoor season. It's just getting back into the heptathlon which is part of track and field, but I always feel that being in hep shape and being in hurdle or long jump shape is different. And part of it is just having to go through a few different track meets where I'm doing multiple events or doing the heptathlon so I can get back into that feeling. And I know for myself, that's going to be a challenge because um, like you said, running those PRs in the summertime and getting back into those good long jump marks, it 100% gave me more confidence. Um, but now I have to take that confidence and channel it into doing four events in one day and getting maybe two PRs out of those four events and then coming back the next day and doing it again three more times. And that can be different. So for myself, I'm really trying to focus on getting back into that kind of shape and also mentally knowing that okay, say I do run the hurdles and I run really well, I run a PR, but then I go in high jump and I do just an average job, being able to 
get past that and be prepared for the next event. Because this summer when I was running, I would do one or two events per track meet. And if I just did one, if I did great, great, I was happy. If I didn't do as well, then it was like, dang, I'm kind of upset about myself, but I didn't have to channel that into energy to come back and do another event 30 minutes later. So that's going to be something different that I'm just going to have to tap back into because I haven't had to do it in so long, even with the running that I did this summer. So me and my coaches are trying to be super diligent about that. And we're going to be super strategic in choosing what meets I do, um, what events I do at those meets and how many events I'm doing, because everything that we do this year is in preparation for the trial. So you know, you may see me throw the shot put at a track meet and then come and run the 800 after that. And it might not be that good, but there's a reason for it. And hopefully it all comes together in the end, at the end of the summer. Man, you are going to be exciting to watch as this, as this year goes on. That is, that is super cool. In fact, I think that there is a level of enthusiasm that I can sense in your voice coming back to this and knowing there is just this unknown of how you pair not just these various events but your training like you said you might be more than okay with a result that on paper is not anywhere close to what you're capable of in an 800 or perhaps even picking up that shot but it serves a greater purpose and knowing that it's part of that plan makes it just simply work that is that is really really cool Talia that's Thank that's you. awesome well you also mentioned earlier both getting together with friends or when I asked you for some guidance, I'm going to pull this back out because I think it's important for people to hear, be reminded, and that is surrounding yourself with people who are going to support you in pursuing that dream, accomplishing what you've set out to do. We've got a mutual friend, of course, even if it's an organizational friend. One of your sponsors is ASICS. They obviously are an important business partner of ours at Big Peach Running Company. ASICS, many people do not know this little tidbit about Big Peach Running Company, the first supplier of any product that you would find at Big Peach Running Company to ever open us to say, yes, we have enough confidence in your business plan that we would actually give you an authorized reseller agreement was ASICS America. So I have a special place in my heart for ASICS and all that they've done for Big Peach Running Company over the years. You obviously have a different relationship with them altogether as one of their very elite and esteemed athletes. You're getting some exposure, of course, to some really cool product and quite frankly, some things that they are doing that are even beyond just product development. Tell us a little bit about what goes on with you and ASICS and some of the reasons they're such an important part of what you're doing. Oh, yes, they have been great. They've been a blessing to me this entire year. So I'm actually coming up on one year with ASICS. And this year for me, being with them has definitely been a game changer. So besides the fact, you know, if we step away from the, the company, because the company is made up of people that work it, obviously, they're just amazing people outside of working for ASICS and on the business side of it. So I've got, I've gotten um, to be able to meet and speak with and get to know a few of the uh, employees, whether they're directly related to what I'm doing or not. And it's been great. Like they, they encourage me, they, they keep up with what I'm doing. And, and then on top of 
obviously supplying me with the tools that I need to succeed on the track. So they've been great. I love the company. I love everyone that's a part of it. They've been nothing but good to me. And some of the stuff that we have received is super cool. Um, I like to think of me and ASICs, the company, as being kind of similar. So we all know that ASICs has been at the top of running shoes, running wear before for a long time. Like if you just go outside and you walk at the lake, a lot of people have on ASICs running shoes. And so they obviously make good products. Um, but then I know there was probably a time where they may have experienced some, some down years for whatever reason. And it's kind of the same with me. Like I had a really good collegiate year, then I had a collegiate time, and then I kind of had some down years, and now I'm on a comeback. And it's kind of the same thing with ASICs. Like ASICs has been making some really trendy stuff, some really cool stuff, top of the line. I know there's a spike that doesn't have spikes in the bottom of it. And I love them. They're crazy. And I remember I, when I first got them, I sent a picture to my family and I was like, y'all look, these, these are sprint spikes and there's no spikes in the bottom. It's like these waffle type things. And so they're always ahead of the game as far as technology and trying to get the best products possible for their athletes, but then also for the general public. Um, and I love them. So I, I'm I was sorry. Just saying, I hadn't thought about no, I hadn't thought about it, Talia. But I love your comparison to your own story because you're right, and obviously, you know, I have the context from that business perspective. And you know, some of our listeners know we opened our doors for the first time in 2004. Asics for more than a decade, every single month, was our number one supplier in terms of share. Which brand did we sell more shoes from than any other brand for over a decade? Each month, that brand was ASICS. And then sometime, and I don't know that I'll come up with the exact month, I remember, wow, ASICS was not our top brand. And it set a period of a, a couple of years where ASICS was losing share to other manufacturers. Some of our listeners would be familiar with these brands, of course. And now here we are going into 2021, the last year and a half, ASICS, to your point, Talia, just like you and your career, is back the product that they have put together super solid the share of sales in our business going back to asics although i will tell you they are not yet number one again they have increased their share considerably over the last year and a half and it does indeed seem like the parallel is there talia with what you've said about your career and how you're feeling going into 2021 so you are on a rocket ship ride both with your sponsor as well as in your own right. Is there a product or two that you're using, whether on the track or just in training, that you're like, man, this is something that uh, really has become an, an indispensable tool for me getting the most out of a workout or getting the most out of a week? Yes. So for myself, I really like, and I actually spoke with the ASIC sales team about this, and they were super shocked. So my favorite running shoe that they make is the Gel Excite 7. Currently, it's the Gel Excite 7. And I'm also currently wearing the Road Blast. And I really love those shoes. I just started wearing the Road Blast a couple of weeks ago. But the Gel Excites, I love those shoes. 
and they're super light but they have enough cushion because I don't like heavy shoes. I don't like warming up in heavy shoes. It just makes me feel heavy. I don't feel as fast. So the gel excites are kind of that middle ground for me. And anyone that knows me, or maybe, I don't even know if you could get this off of Instagram, but I am a, how would I say, a matching freak. So I like everything to match from head to toe. So I'm constantly wearing matching sets. So my sports bra always matches my long tights and it matches my shoes. And if it doesn't have a certified set, then I'm very color coordinated. So when you see me at the track at practice, you'll see me in some super, something super fly that ASICS has made because they're starting to come out with some trendy, colorful, super nice stuff. Um, and I really like wearing it because I think if I feel good, and I think that if I feel like I look good, then I will practice better or I will run better and because I just feel better about myself and how I look and what I'm wearing. So, yeah, you'll always see me in something, you know, colorful, gel excites, it'll match my outfit that I have on that day. Um, the hair will be out, the hair will be big and I'll feel great about it. Um, but I love the matching sets and I love showing them off to people because a lot of people will come up to me or they'll comment on my Instagram and they'll be like, oh, this is so cute. Like, I didn't know ASICs made this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, they're on the come up. And uh, even outside of the track, you know, I like wearing matching sweatsuits, uh, jogger suits, some fly shoes, gel light threes, really into the gel light threes. Um, and so it's been good. And those, those are those are my go-tos for sure. Matching set, matching shoes, and most likely that shoe will be a gel excite. That is awesome. Like D2, you are on the cutting edge of style. That is good stuff. Certainly those who have not seen Talia, she mentioned her hair. It is awesome. As someone who probably puts the man bun in place on occasion, I will tell you Talia is not to be messed with in the hair department. Also for those who just need their random but always available fix on the Run ATL podcast of random information about the running industry. Anima, sana, incorpore, sano. That is the Latin phrase that makes up ASICS. If you did not know that, that is what ASICS stands for. Look it up. That is legit. I'm going to move in a slightly different direction, Talia. We already talked about the discord of 2020, and it's not just that nasty virus that, of course, we're still very much aware of. Also, one of the grand awakenings for me personally for big peach running company organizationally for atlanta thankfully and quite frankly around our nation and certainly from what i can tell in other parts of the globe has been this insensitivity that now is evident to racial injustice and inequity you obviously as a black female athlete even with your talent, even with your great story, and quite frankly, the wisdom you've been kind enough to share, it doesn't separate you from that story. You, quite frankly, have a position and a viewpoint that I cannot put myself in your ASICs, track spikes, and say, well, now I get it, right? It has to truly come from you. So we've tried to be very upfront in our desire to learn and to be more bold in determining what we can do to ensure that we not only mark this moment in time, but become better and make those around us better for it. 
So if, if, if you would, maybe from the position that you have as a professional athlete, as a professional black athlete, as a professional black female athlete, any comments that you would share what it's been like, whether as an athlete or quite frankly, Talia, just as a person, to see this year unfold and to look at where you are currently as well as your own history and maybe give us some things to think about or if you can even better some things to do or do better in the future um yeah for sure so i think as an athlete one of the frustrations that i know a lot of athletes have is to feel like they are supported as an athlete and appreciated for what you can do to entertain me as a viewer or how fast you can run, how far you can throw the football, how many baskets you can make in the basketball arena, but then not having that same appreciation for athletes outside of the sporting arena. Um, and I think even, you know, with track and field, that can be, that can hold true. So, you know, we want people to support us and what we're doing on the track, but also to understand that we are black athletes and we have these experiences that we don't have when we're on the track. So just seeing us for who we are and supporting us and understanding that, you know, racial injustice does exist and just being aware of it. And so I think with myself, this year has been really tough. I mean, everyone's been at home and there hasn't been anything going on, obviously, especially in the beginning of the year. And we saw all of the protests happening and the country, you know, in flames just about. And I think in a way, everyone being at home, while COVID is obviously terrible, in a way, I think it also allowed us to turn our focus to the racial injustice because I don't know about you. I mean, I'm only 25, but I don't know that this many people have supported a cause as much as they have this year, as far as it relates to racial injustice since the sixties, like people protested for weeks and weeks. And there were people being arrested, um, you know, white, black, Hispanic, there were all types of people protesting and, you know, seeing what's happening on the TV and finally realizing that that's not right and we need to do something about that. And I think part of that is because everyone was at home. Like there wasn't anything else to watch. There were no basketball games on at the time. There were no football games. No one was running. Everyone was at home and we were all seeing the same thing on the TV. And so I think that kind of gave me hope, like seeing people actually fight and start to want to be educated on what's going on and asking questions that gave that gave me some hope and I'm just hoping that we continue to build you know everything's opening back up sports are obviously back going they're on tv people are going to games and whatnot um but I hope that we just continue to build on this and and, and I, I hope so as well. I'm encouraged by what I saw. What I can say is I'm not 25, but I would agree with you in the fact that from my vantage point in my lifetime anyway, in living in a variety of places, having been in Atlanta now for 25 years, I've not seen the investment and genuine 
enthusiasm for real progress like what I've witnessed in 2020. And my goodness, I can only hope and pray that this is truly a silver lining, a legacy even for real change, real necessary change. You not only are, are hoping things change, Talia, I got wind of a cool event that you were part of this past summer, I believe Fayetteville and Living Color yes. was the term. And that is beyond just hope, that is action. That is motion, that is moving in the right direction. Tell us a little bit about, about that. I know it's in the rear view, but I think there are lessons from what you did through Fayetteville and Living Color that live on and perhaps give us some cues for the future. Yeah, so that was an event that myself and a guy on the Arkansas track and field team. And at the time it was crazy. We didn't really know each other. Um, when I was on the team, he was on the team as well, but he was a few years younger than I was. So when we decided to put this event on, we became friends through putting on this event. So I put this event on with essentially a stranger and it was really cool. So the idea behind the event was that there was, an, there was a protest in Fayetteville and lots of people came. I think they said there were 6,000 people downtown protesting. Um, but after the protest, it kind of just seemed like we hit a wall or like there was nothing else going on. It was like, okay, protest, now what? And so we just wanted to put on an event to continue that momentum that we talked about. And so the idea of the event was to be a community building, um, like a fun time, but also acknowledging the fact of why we're here and building up the community and educating the community. So we had some artists create a mural and it's a beautiful mural, it's huge. And every time I drive past it, like I just smile and I'm like, dang, I helped make that happen. Um, and we had the mayor come out, he spoke, the police chief was there. Um, the entire police department just about was there. We had a voter registration table. So people talking about the importance of, of voting, whether it's in Arkansas or in your home state, because we are in a college town. Um, we sold some t-shirts and ASICs actually, I didn't even tell them about the event until two days out. And this is how supportive they are. I told them about the event. It was a sad, is the event was on a Saturday. I told them about it Thursday evening around five o'clock my time. And I think it was three o'clock in California. And they were like, well, how can we help? What can we do? And I was like, well, we've been running around like chicken with our heads cut off for about 10 days. Cause we planned this entire event in 10 days. It's like, so, but if you want to send us some t-shirts, like that would be great. And I sent them the design I made. They had the t-shirts printed that night and then overnighted them to Fayetteville and they got here the morning of the event. And it was crazy. And so we were able to raise $6,000. We donated it to the Northwest Arkansas African American Heritage Association. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. I had never done anything like that. It was really cool seeing our idea come into fruition, but then also seeing how it affected the community and the impact that it had on our community here because Fayetteville is predominantly white. And so 
seeing all different types of people come out to the event and understand, you know, what we were trying to do. It was really cool to see. And also, like, this topic in general just has, it's just kind of near and dear to my heart. So I spent five years running at the University of Arkansas because I redshirted a year. So my senior year on the track, I actually graduated with my master's degree. And my master's project was over racial injustice and using the sports arena as a way to get your message out because people that watch sports, it's so diverse. And so I wrote a paper, it was called Something to Say About Injustice. And I had to present that project and defend the project to the professors and the doctors. And so it's kind of near and dear to my heart. And I just enjoy educating other people about it and seeing, you know, the progress that we've made and everyone wanting to be and to do better. That That is awesome. That's a very cool tidbit about your master's and some of the knowledge you have. Well, obviously, next time you're in Atlanta, you have a free pass and all kinds of escorts to take you to many of the places that you can give us even more understanding of why they are so significant and part of the story that, to your point, is still being written, is going to be written in a way that is much better told in the future because of what is being done right now in places like Atlanta, Fayetteville, and around this great country. Thank you for allowing us to go there, Talia. And, and, and now, we, before we let you go, we also got to have a little bit of fun. We do this oftentimes with some of our professional athletes that we speak to, and we're not going to ask about your favorite race or the details of coming around the turn or some kind of big moment on the podium. Instead, we're going to learn a little bit more about you as an individual before okay. we let you go. Are you okay with that? I am. All right. Are you ready? Yes, I am. I like these kinds of questions. Awesome. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, she's Talia Brooks. This is what you <laughs> need to know. This is what you've been waiting for. All right, here we go. This is in the midst of the holiday season when this releases. And okay. even though you are hyper diligent, we get that. My guess is there may be a holiday tradition or even treat that makes its way into your December. What is that holiday tradition or treat? Okay, I absolutely love sweet potato pie and I don't get to eat it at any other time of the year. So Thanksgiving and holiday season, sweet potato pie is for me. I'm eating it. Wow, all right. So have to be upset you have later. a favorite recipe or one that you would note that people should go check out or is it a an old family recipe that you have no authority to disclose right now? It's a family recipe that I don't know. I don't make the pie. My grandmother makes the pie and it's amazing. And I, I probably need her to, teach it to me, but I avoid that so that I'm not here making it so that I can only have it those two times out of the year. <laughs> that is awesome. If you run into Talia's grandmother, you have got to get the recipe or have her sit you down for a serving of her sweet potato pie. Okay. So outside of water and all the diligence around hydration and perhaps what uh, might be considered just sensible training and the sensible training table. Our random question of the day is if you had to commit to only one beverage for the entirety of 2021 besides water, what would that lone beverage be? Okay, this might sound boring, but I am a, and this might not count, I'm a sparkling water 
free. Okay. I love sparkling water, but if that doesn't count, then sweet tea for sure. Sweet tea, all right, a good Southern, that's very good, all right. Well, now I can ask about the sparkling water. I, I appreciate you gave us bonus material and you, this is about you. So you get to write the rules pretty much. So you don't have to worry about whether there are any, you know, uh, guidelines to this, but I do have to ask, is there a sparkling water that you prefer or do you do your own? I, I do not do my own. I've been hesitant about trying a soda stream. I really want to try, um, but I really like Topo Chico lime. It tastes better in the glass than it does in the plastic. I think all sparkling waters taste better in glass or in cans than they do in plastic bottles. So into Topo Chico lime, uh, I have some LaCroix. I always have two cases of sparkling water in my fridge at all times. All right. Perrier, well, lime, it's very good. <laughs> the Coca-Cola company based here in Atlanta has gotten into the water big time. So again, another reason to get to Atlanta at some point, we'll get you all kinds of sparkling water samples that you perhaps have not tried. I need to know this, of course, now that you said sparkling water, was that something that was part of your time in Fayetteville or perhaps even in Texas, or was that developed in all the time you've spent training and competing in Europe where it's gas or no gas and a much more prevalent part of the beverage assortment? No, it actually came about maybe two years ago. And it was while I was here in the States, I just wanted to try something different. So the first time I went overseas, I had no gas all the time because I was just not a part of the sparkling water community yet. But yeah. now this past summer, that's all I was like, gas, 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 please gas me up with a few uh, limes that I can squeeze in there. It's great. Right on. That uh, That is really, really cool. Okay. YouTube, Netflix, or satellite television. If you have to turn on the uh, the flat screen, what's going on? Uh, Netflix for sure. YouTube TV is a close second. Okay, cool. I, I like the way you think. Well done. And uh, somewhat related, if you're listening to something, heck, if we see you out there with headphones on, what is it that you might be listening to? Might surprise you, but it's always, I like to call it vibes, but it's really just chill music. So I really like Janae Aiko. There's a guy named Masigo, Masego that's really good. Um, he's really into instruments. So a lot of times when I'm warming up, the music is not fast at all. It's very just tempo. It might it might be instruments with no voice at all over it, but that's what I like. Vibes, chill music. All chill the time. music. I love it. That's how we got to get our best selves together. Chill music. There's the answer. Okay. Masega, we'll see if we can put that in our show notes. I'll leave our highly informed research department to determine how to spell it and to put it into the show notes. Okay, last question, Talia. Knowing now that you have your master's, I'm sure that didn't come without a lot of studying and reading to be able to put that on your list of achievements. What are you reading these days or what have you read recently that you would share with us that maybe we should go out and read ourselves? Okay, so I'll give you a few different. So I finished a book called The Guardians by John Grisham not too long ago, and it's a legal like thriller. It's about a lawyer that just gets people um, off a of death row. So I finished that not too long ago. I'm currently reading uh, A Promised Land, the new Barack Obama book. It's great. I just also love the Obamas. And then the next book on the list is The Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. 
So is that a book now? Has he put a book out to that? So D2 introduced me to that. And so we watched a little bit of the uh, first few episodes that, uh, so he's got a book coming out on that now. Yeah, it just came out like last week, maybe. And so, and the Obama book just came out as well. So I got that one first. So I'm reading that one. Uncomfortable Conversations will be next on the list. So needless to say, there was plenty of indication that Barack Obama's book was coming out. That did not go unnoticed by me. But the one that you mentioned in terms of the uncomfortable conversations, I appreciate that tidbit because that is super cool. One will recommend. All of those will be in our show notes. So listeners, do not fear, once again, bringing you real value on this podcast. Talia, thank you so very much for this. You are such a friend to this sport and now to this community. We wish you all the luck in 2021. We will be following closely. And like I've already said on more than one occasion, if you get to Atlanta, you better let us know because you bring the sweet potato pie and we will bring the agenda and the sparkling water for you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a great talk and I love talking. So whenever I do come to Atlanta, I'll make sure to hit you up and we'll have a good time. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Very, very cool. D2, as you know, we're going to take just a brief break. We'll be back after this short message. Do not go anywhere. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. Welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. D2, big fan going in, bigger fan coming out. Talia Brooks, we said it at the onset. She is so cool. I have a new friend. I cannot wait to see how her 2021 unfolds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, what she said about, you know, kind of how her, um, you know, career athleticism has kind of paired with ASICs, um, you know, and you you brought that up as well as as to kind of they've they've had a little bit of a down in, in share as far as our business. And now it seems like they're coming back up and we've seen it. I've tested, you know, several of their uh, shoes. I know that the most recent Cumulus is definitely an improvement. Um, and that was released earlier in the year. And now just now on December 1st, the ASICs Gel Nimbus 23 is out and I've been testing it out now for a couple of weeks and I'll have a full review uh, hopefully by the time we air this podcast, but definitely before the end of the year. And I have to say, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, you know, I've, I've tried the Nimbus on before. Uh, it probably would not be my, you know, go-to shoe because I prefer something that's maybe a little bit lighter. Um, and, um, and the Nimbus is typically hasn't been one of those that you would categorize as a, as a light shoe. It's definitely a full cushion, you know, shoe for, you know, long training and a definitely a premium shoe. And I'm surprised it does not feel as heavy as I would have expected while running in it. And it feels more cushioned, more, um, you know, it feels softer and smoother at transition than I've experienced even with the uh, Cumulus. Um, it just 
feels a little bit more natural. And I think it's the way they've designed and constructed the shoe that it's now a shoe that I sort of seem to be going towards and, and reaching for more and more, um, where because my other shoes have worn out and I haven't replaced them. So now I'm like, oh, I've got this Asics Nimbus. I'm like, let me kind of, you know, um, you know, try this shoe. And, and I find myself reaching for it more and more. And that in itself says a lot about a, a review. It may not be like, you know, mind-blowing PRs and stuff, but it's one of those that if it's a shoe that you tend to gravitate towards because it feels comfortable and makes your runs enjoyable, then that right there says a little bit. But I'll have a full review and um, you know, we'll write one up on our blog. And if I have some time, I may even do a video review as well. Right on. Well, keep an eye out for that. Thanks again to ASICS for introducing us to Talia. Super cool. Obviously, D2, you already mentioned the Nimbus, the Nimbus Light also out there. So I love what they're doing with that franchise. I have long time been an ASICS fan with what they not just do on the product side, but for what they stand for organizationally. So again, they have delivered. One of the things that you mentioned as we kind of come through this year, we are reaching our own milestone. If you can believe this, we are getting long in the tooth, my friend. <laughs> our 100th episode awaits. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this. It's hard to believe because it seems like it was only just yesterday when we started, but it's been about two and a half years now um, when we first launched this podcast and really not knowing, you know, how it was going to be received, whether it was going to be, you know, oh, we'll just do a handful of episodes and no one's going to, you know, uh, tune in and we'll just, you know, shut it all down. And since then, we've continued and now we're you know going to have our you know 100th episode um before the end of the year and and you know it's one of those things where we kind of like talked about what should we you know talk about who should we have on as guests and i think it's you know we decided that you know what we're just gonna have some fun um i've got a special adult beverage set aside that i think we're just going to celebrate our 100th episode and while we record so who knows we may talk too much we may slip up you know we i may have to do some extra editing for because <laughs> yeah, we will <laughs> make some hardest mistakes episode you've had to deal with the entire time yeah but uh you know it's going to be kind of an open topic to talk about kind of what 2020 has been um for us you know, personally, professionally, as a business, as an organization, and what things that have impacted, you know, us around our community, and then looking towards the future. And I would even say if there's anything out there that you'd want us to discuss or questions you have for us, then by all means, share it uh, with us, um, reach us at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. And, um, and yeah, we'll, it'll be an open book, you know, it's like, you know, send us your questions, we'll, we'll, we'll answer them all. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to that, D2. All the work you do, so much appreciated. We're going to be raw and real and celebrating 100 next time around. In the meantime, thanks again to Talia Brooks for being part of this episode. And thank you, all of you who have tuned in, whether for the first time, this time, or for these first 99 episodes. It is so very much appreciated. Like we've said before, this year has been very satisfying in seeing the way communities come together and the way that this community has supported us and the way that we've been able to engage has been nothing short of spectacular. And we cannot say thank you deeply or often enough. What we will say, of course, is as we always mean, may your best miles be those covered on foot. So long, everybody.